Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. everybody, I'm Kelsey Nixon and this is Kitchen Prescription, the podcast you listen to when you don't know what to make for dinner. Let me paint a picture and see if this might sound familiar to you. It's 5 p.m. and you're frantically trying to pull dinner together because one of your kids has play practice at 5.30 and another one has baseball at 6 and no one's going to be home till like 7.30. You meal planned a recipe that someone you follow on Instagram shared and you're trying to pull up the recipe, but you get distracted by your Instagram feed for at least seven minutes before you realize you're in the vortex and time is ticking and you got to get these kids fed. So you finally find the recipe, but it's written in the caption. So it's kind of hard to follow. And after you follow one step on your phone, it goes dark. And then when you go to reopen the app, it's taken you back to your home feed. And so you have to go and find the recipe again. Meanwhile, your seven-year-old is asking if she can play a game on your phone because it's out. And the onions you started sauteing are now starting to burn. I will stop there. But I'm guessing that some of you have been here before. Cooking from your phone makes an already difficult daily task more difficult, or it can. For myself, for a myriad of reasons, I didn't even go into the scenario when you're on a food blog looking for a recipe on your phone and stuck in an endless scroll with banner ads and long stories and you just want to get to the recipe. Next to meal planning, the thing that has helped me more successfully put dinner on the table than just about anything else is cooking from a hard copy. And not only that, but printing out my family's greatest hits, the recipes we love most, the ones I make over and over again, and keeping them in one central place that I can quickly and easily reference when I'm both meal planning and cooking. So today, we're going to chat a little bit about my best suggestions for building your own recipe binder to hopefully make your life a little easier. But first, let's discuss a few recipe ideas you could throw on your meal plan for the week. First up, Italian bolognese. This 
is so yummy. This is a really good meat sauce, like so delicious. It uses primarily pantry ingredients and it is my, like my kids love pasta. Like so they'd eat pasta for lunch and dinner, like every day of the week if I'd let them. Love it. And some we have it a lot. <laughs> I don't know that we have it that often, but we have it a lot. And my biggest concern in giving them so much pasta is that I worry about not getting enough protein in their little bodies. And so having a really good meat sauce or a bolognese is a great way to pair that pasta with something a bit more substantial. So I love this recipe. It is a classic. It's one that I've been making for years. And not only does it taste delicious, it freezes so great. And then if I, I like to make a double batch, you know, I cook once and then I can eat it twice. Um, when I pull it out of the freezer, I like to freeze it flat. It doesn't take that long to defrost it. And literally all I have to do is boil pasta and I have dinner. Like it's so simple. So this is a really great recipe. If you've never made a bolognese sauce before, it's not difficult. It's sauteing everything in a big pan and adding some stuff and letting it simmer. So simple, great recipe, perfect for this time of year. The next recipe we're gonna make this week is my Indian butter chicken. My kids love this recipe. We, um, the thing I like most about it is it's just really full of flavor. And it's one of my favorite styles of recipe where I take basically some sort of diced protein like chicken and I saute it and I add a bunch of flavorful spices and a can or two of something like coconut milk and tomatoes and I let it simmer and I serve it over rice with really delicious bread like naan. <laughs> that, that is a formula I love. I can do, I can do that with my eyes closed. And this Indian butter chicken is a great recipe for that. Bonus points if you throw some cilantro and fresh lime juice on top at the end, maybe some peanuts. Oh, so good. And then at the end of the week, we're going to wrap up with um, the tomato basil soup that's got orzo in it and grilled cheese. So that tends to be one that is requested often here. Sometimes I'll even do it not as a dinner, but like as a lunch. Um, and I... And sticking by my favorite way to make grilled cheese for our family where I make all of the sandwiches at once rather than one at a time in a skillet and I do that on a sheet pan in the oven and it just works great. It browns the bread beautifully. The cheese melts just so nice so that it's not cold on the inside and this soup, um, so much flavor. Like so much flavor and the fact that you add the orzo in there just makes it a bit heartier and it's really good. So there are your recipes for the week. You can find and print them all in Recipe Club individually or in our weekly meal plan, which has easy to follow shopping lists broken down by recipe. And as a reminder, Recipe Club really is just a resource that allows you to access family tested, quick and simple recipes on the internet without being bombarded with those things that drive me nuts. The ads, the long blog posts, the long stories. I have found that accessing recipes on the internet. I find it to be frustrating. Most resources that I go to. So I have very intentionally built recipe club as a space where I don't include those things that drive me crazy. <laughs> so I hope it is a, a great resource for some of you. And if you're looking for a trusted resource, we would love to have you in the club. All right, let's jump into the back half of the podcast and discuss building your own recipe binder. So I've already shared some thoughts surrounding how I think a recipe binder can make cooking dinner feel a bit more manageable in the kitchen. 
But now I want to discuss the actual details surrounding how to build a recipe binder. Because let's be honest, it can feel a bit overwhelming, maybe similarly to how you might feel about putting together a family photo book each year. You know you want to do it, and you know you'll be so happy that you did it once it's done, but it can, like, you kind of have to psych yourself up to do it. So let's see if we can't make this feel a bit more manageable and break it down. So to me, there are two primary steps. We'll call them gathering and building. So we're going to call this first step our gathering step because this is where we're going to gather all of the recipes that we want in our binder. Now, different from a cookbook, your binder has the ability to be completely customized for the needs and preferences of your household. And cookbooks are amazing. They're wonderful. I love a good cookbook. But even a really good cookbook, I maybe cook three or four recipes out of it, and then it goes on a shelf, and then I forget about it. The difference in having a recipe binder is this is going to be a binder that is filled with the recipes you make most often that are likely gathered from multiple sources, from your own family recipe lineup, from um, a favorite food blogger, from a favorite cookbook author, from um, someone at book club who's, you know, told you a recipe that you wrote down on a post-it note. Like it, it's going to be the recipes that serve you right now. So what you're first going to do is focus on gathering all of those recipes you want in your binder in one place. Now this is as good of time as any for me to emphasize that your recipe binder should not contain every single recipe you've ever printed or like. It's too much. If you put every single recipe you have in one binder, that is not any better than going to Pinterest and typing in easy weeknight dinner. It's too many decisions for you to make. It's overwhelming. So my best suggestion here is to have a daily recipe binder and an index recipe binder. Your daily recipe binder will literally live on your countertop or somewhere very visible in your kitchen and accessible so that you're reminded that this is a tool you've invested in to help you get dinner on the table. It should first be filled with the recipes that you make most often. So in my house, that would be things like baked ziti. We have this creamy tomato tortellini that only has five ingredients. We have a tortilla soup that I make often. I find that like for me, it's about 10 recipes that I consistently make all year long. And those just, those just stay in my binder. But then I like to switch things up seasonally every quarter or so. What I mean by this is in the summer, I like to grill. So when I do my summer recipe binder refresh, I add all of my favorite grilling recipes to my binder. And in the winter, I love soups and stews and chilies. And so I'll add those during the colder months. But I'm not usually craving beef stew in July. So it comes out for the summer months, it goes into the index binder, and I'm adding the grilling recipes. So the index binder is my binder where I do keep all of the recipes I know. And I, I, I know that I want to keep them, I don't want to necessarily toss them. But I I want to keep them there and still make an effort to keep them organized, but I want to be somewhat, I, I want to have an editing eye is what I would say. Um, you may even have a tab in your index binder that's like recipes to try. Or like in our, in the recipe binder I developed, I included a little pocket folder in the back and that is intended to slip in recipes I'd like to try. Um, so you just want to have some system surrounding that. 
So my index binder is essentially where I keep all of the recipes I know I want to keep, but don't necessarily need to flip through every single time I make dinner. Here's another example for you. Some of my most cherished recipes are the recipes I make for certain holidays, but I don't need my Thanksgiving recipes in my binder in June. So they live in my index binder, in my holiday tab, until I do my fall recipe refresh, and then I move them over. All of this to say, the first step you need to take in building your recipe binder is to gather the recipes. Whether you have old recipe binders that are disorganized or messy and or maybe you just have all of your recipes saved in Pinterest or on Instagram, um, collect the recipes that you make most often and put them in one place. It will help so much, I promise. That can initially even just be a digital place. It can be one list. It can be in your notes app. Just make a list of all of the recipes that, that you love. And you might not need to do this in one sitting. You may say, you know, for the next week, I'm going to just make a list of all the recipes that I love. And then I'm going to make an effort to print all of those out. It could also be a pile of physical recipes if you already are in the habit of printing recipes. But you want to use this gathering step to get rid of any recipes you don't make anymore. So I know there are recipes that I've printed that I either never ended up making for whatever reason, or I didn't like them, or they were a really great fit when my kids were in a different phase, but now they don't really work because, you know, no one likes it. So why would I make it? That type of thing. So once you've determined the recipes you'd like to keep in your everyday binder, print them. If they're already printed, you can decide whether or not you want to just put them in the same format for the sake of consistency. I know that this step might seem a little extra, but for something that you use so often, I think it's worth the investment of time it will take to make them all look cohesive. And that's something that we offer in both Recipe Club and when you buy our recipe binders, you get access to our recipe template that is very easy to use. You can simply just add the ingredients, the method, the steps, any notes you want to make and um, and print those out. And then they look so nice. It, it, it literally, it looks like a cookbook, but it functions like a binder, meaning you can change things out very easily and honestly it becomes almost like an everyday heirloom because these are the recipes that surround the memories of your family gathering around the table or gathering for a holiday and this binder can really be something you even pass down after you've gathered your recipes it's time for you to get your tools so we'll call this the building phase this is essentially step two and here's what i recommend you need for building a binder you need an actual binder and i cannot tell you how much i went through so much research and development when it came to the ring size of a three ring binder for um, developing my own recipe binder one inch was too small I thought, oh, let's definitely do like a two inch or even a three inch so I can fit more. I can fit all my recipes in there. I did that and it was like, this thing is way too big. I can't lug this thing around the kitchen. This is, it doesn't light, like it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't lay fat, it flat. It's just, it's just bulky. And where I landed was a one and a half inch ring. And you can find them. They're not as easy to find, but the binder that I developed is one and a half inch and very intentionally. I also kind of felt like, the sweet spot for me was about 100 recipes. Now, I don't always have 100 recipes in my binder. That's actually a ton of recipes. But what I did determine is there is never 
any reason for me to need more than 100 recipes in my binder at any given time. Because I am not about to have to flip through more than 100 recipes to make a decision about what I'm going to make next Tuesday. That's just way too much. Now your index binder, my index binder is a three inch. And, but I don't use it every day. It literally is just a place to store the recipes that I want to keep. So think about the binder size. I would recommend, I recommend going smaller than bigger, honestly. If you're willing to do the index binder, the the binder you're going to use every day, make it easy to use. Don't make it unwieldy. You can use a binder you've already got on hand. I'm sure there's one lying around. Or you can buy a cheap one um, from Target or Walmart or Amazon. Or you can invest in a nice one. I personally am such a visual and creative person that for me, having a beautiful binder filled with cohesive recipes, it literally makes me more excited to cook. Genuinely. It significantly improves the whole experience for me. So it is worth it to me. It is so worth it to me that I was like, something does not exist like this. I'm just going to have to make it. And then I spent a year trying to make it. And I did. So you'll also need, other than a binder. Oh, I want to say one more thing about binders. If you are a visual person and you want it to be pretty, there are some really beautiful binders out there that are like covered in materials that are not so kitchen friendly, like grass cloth or like linen. And if you don't care about the aesthetic that much, you can totally just use like a vinyl binder and that's going to handle spills really well. But I have found that a, like a vegan leather, that to be the best material to coat a binder. It's really durable. It totally stands up to spills. It's great after something that, you know, being used every single day for something. So keep an eye out, out for vegan leather, um, when it comes to materials coating your binder. You're also going to need some dividers to separate the categories your recipes will fall under. So since you've already gathered your recipes, you can more easily determine what those categories should be for you. And they're probably going to be different than the categories that I have. Some people like to organize by cuisine, like breakfast, dinner, sides. Others like to organize by method, sheet pan, slow cooker, skillet, but you need to do what feels easiest for you. Some of the tabs in my binder are Trader Joe's, <laughs> five ingredients. So you can do a meals on the go. That's another one for me because I'm in this phase where I've got kids in extracurricular activities that at least once a week in certain seasons of the year, we are eating at a ballpark or a studio or um, you know on the go in the car, if I'm being quite honest. So make sure you think about, don't just assume that because all of the recipe binder dividers you've ever seen are appetizers, breakfast, lunch, dinner, like you don't have to do that. If that's the way your brain thinks, great. But you could literally organize those tabs by emotion, like dinner rut (laughs) or meals on the go or picky eater, like whatever, whatever it is that suits you. But because you've already gone through those recipes, you should have some information to make those decisions. To go with your dividers, you'll also want labels. This could be as simple as using like a fine tipped Sharpie or using a label maker or having, you know, uh, pre-made labels. Like our recipe binder comes with 16 different labels that are you can choose from. 
I personally like using a combination of labels that come with our recipe binder and using a label maker with a clear tape and gold type. This is just a me thing, guys. I like how it looks. It looks really pretty and I, it makes me happy. You certainly do not have to order the clear tape with gold letters, but I want you to know it exists. And <laughs> it makes me really happy. And it happens to coordinate really well with the labels that you get in, in my recipe binder. The next thing you'll want to consider is page protectors. I've got some pretty strong opinions here. For years, I hated that a traditional page protector made it so you couldn't visibly see the dividers. You know what I'm talking about? You put everything in a page protector and then it would all cover up the dividers. So what? it was really hard to stay organized. So I worked really hard to develop a a page protector that does not have that little white strip on the inside. And so it just is actually hole punched itself. And so you can actually see the dividers on the end. And I just, I like how it looks so much. Um, and I, you know, I went back and forth as to whether or not I even wanted to utilize page protectors because you can print on like a synthetic paper that is like indestructible basically. But the thing that's so important to me about this recipe binder is that it can very easily grow with you through your different chapters and seasons of life. And if I have to print on synthetic paper every single time I got a new recipe I want to put in my binder, that feels too hard. It feels way too hard. So that's totally an option you could, uh, you could do. And any Office Depot or Staples, you can print on synthetic paper. In fact, I just did it. And it's like, I think I paid $2 a sheet. So that is totally something you could do. But for me, I really like having the page protectors that still protect the recipes from being torn or spilled on. But I also can just slip that paper out if I'm no longer making that recipe and slip a new one in. A binder filled with page protectors equals a recipe book that can grow with your family over the years that kind of easily morphs to accommodate the current needs of your household. The last thing I want to discuss when it comes to your binder that has really been very helpful for me is this idea of cheat sheets or reference guides that you keep in your binder. These could be the actual cheat sheets that we have in Recipe Club, which are, I mean, they're my favorites and that's why they're there because I've shared them with you. Like my salad cheat sheet, a lunch cheat sheet, my grilling cheat sheet, my Trader Joe's cheat sheet, and so forth. Or it could simply be a list of meals that your picky toddler will eat so that you don't have to think about it. Or a list of recipes that you like to make when you're serving a big group. I liked having these helpful tips in my binder so much that when I developed the recipe binder, I included infographics on the interior front and back covers with helpful things like, how long do I cook chicken thighs or tenders for and at what temp? What's a substitution for buttermilk or sour cream? So really think about filling your recipe binder with the info you regularly rely on to help you get dinner on the table. Then keep your binder out, keep it out in the open or close to where you actually do all of the cooking so that you have a reminder that this is here to help you. In a world that's full of apps and digital shortcuts, it may seem somewhat counterintuitive to suggest that you think about a physical binder to help you get dinner on the table, but it has made such a difference for me, and I believe that there are certain things that will always just be better when you can hold them in your hands. Finally, let's finish with the weekly Gimme Five. These are five things that made my life easier or more enjoyable this week. 
First up, it was Valentine's Day, and I purchased the cutest heart hoops on Amazon that really just it was a gift to myself and it made me so happy. Another thing that's made me not only like so happy, but has genuinely solved a problem for me is, this is going to sound crazy, you guys, this eucalyptus lemongrass shower spray. My mom put it in my stocking. I love it. I look forward to using it every day for my morning shower. Not only does it smell like I've been like transported to a spa, but it's amazing for relieving congestion or stuffiness if you're dealing with a winter cold. And when I say it's like solving a problem, I have decided that my best ideas come when I'm in the shower. As a mom to three young kids and a business owner, like my mind is all, someone always, always is asking me a question. And one of the only places no one can ask me a question is the shower. And so when I step into the shower and it smells so good and I can just have a moment to think, not only is it so enjoyable, but it, it truly solves a problem for me. Next up on my give me five is an electric kettle. So we've been doing a lot of hot chocolate around here. And after my last electric kettle died, it was a couple months ago, honestly, I finally reinvested in a new model. And I am loving this one so far. It's like this beautiful copper color. It's just an upgrade from what I had before. And so fun when we do hot chocolate as a family or for myself. I love my perk in the morning. My slow cooker, I got a favorite slow cooker. I have been doing a weekly freezer meal all month. And as a result, I'm feeling very... I have strong thoughts about my slow cooker and I just, it has been, I think going on three year three or four with it. And it is such a good one. I love the locking lid functionality and I just find that it cooks super evenly. So that's another thing that has been just a staple for me. And then finally on my list is my at home printer. So in the past six months, I have bought three home printers. I've been wanting to test them when it comes to like crisp printing and good color transfer specifically because I've been in investing in printing a recipe binder and trying to give you guys resources for having that be the best experience possible. And I, I have tested three. I, there's one very clear winner. And um, that's another. I'm just, I finally took the other ones and I donated them. And I said, that's it. We are a one printer household now. All right, you guys, that's all for today. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. This podcast is meant to be a quick 20 to 30 minute listen while you map out meals for the week. Listening to a podcast while I meal plan has been part of my own simple dinner system for as long as I can remember. So I try and put out something that's a good fit for that each week. Next week, we're going to be chatting about how to take a meal to someone where I walk you through my best suggestions for dropping off a meal to someone who could really use a pick me up. So subscribe to the podcast so that episode automatically pops up for you. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm so glad you're here. And until next time, happy cooking. I'm Kelsey, and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.